0: This is the Doubles Only Tennis Podcast, where you learn the best tips and strategies in the world to help you become a smarter, more effective tennis player. You'll hear interviews with pro tour doubles players and coaches, including easy to use lessons to improve your game and win more matches. My name is Will Bocek, founder of the Tennis Tribe, doubles strategy coach and host of the show, Hey everyone, welcome to this episode of the Doubles Only Tennis Podcast. Today, we are going to talk about how to practice for doubles. So, I want to cover uh, what I do uh, when I go out and practice, as well as things I've learned from interviewing a lot of these coaches and players um, who are uh, at the highest levels of doubles. So, I'll talk about... um, how we need to think about practice, uh, what our mentality should be when we go out onto the practice court. Uh, And then I'll talk about different drills we can do uh, to practice for doubles. So that would be drills if you only have two people, if you're just out there with your doubles partner, uh, as well as drills if you do have four people, um, including some kind of point play games and things like that. Um, So this should be a really good episode. Uh, I think a lot of people when they go out and practice, uh, they do what they did when they were juniors. And, um, if you're like most people, when you were a junior, you you played mostly singles. So you practiced, uh, how your coaches told you to practice, which is really more of kind of a singles focused practice. And a lot of people still do that, even though as you uh, get older, you might be playing a lot more doubles. So we do want to adjust the practice court and make it different, um, but before I dive into all that, uh I just wanted to say thank you to all the listeners uh, we just hit another milestone um we reached over fifty five hundred downloads for the podcast um and having just launched the podcast in November of last year, uh we're averaging over a thousand downloads um per month, so that's really um I don't know what I expected when I started this, uh, but that's definitely. Uh, more than I expected. And March was a record month. So thank you everyone for listening. Um, I can tell a lot of you are sharing it with your tennis friends and helping it grow. Um, I don't have any sponsors. I don't make any money off the podcast. So uh, it helps a lot to um, to see that. Uh, and if you can leave a review on iTunes, that helps a lot as well. Uh, if you do get something out of this, hopefully, Um you can uh, just leave a review for me. Um, That would be awesome. So let's dive into practice for doubles. Uh, So the first thing we need to think about is um, what should we actually be practicing? This is something I've learned a lot uh, about over the last uh, three or so years from um, two people I talk about a lot uh, on the podcast because they've had such a big influence on me over the past several years. Uh, One is Craig O'Shaughnessy from Brain Game Tennis, who I interviewed um, on the podcast. I'll link to that episode in the show notes. Uh, And then Warren Pretorius from Tennis Analytics as well. Uh, They both talk a lot about how we need to practice what happens on the match court, and a lot of people don't do that. So um, they focus a lot on singles, and uh, the average rally length in singles is around four to five shots, and... A lot of people go out and practice for singles by trying to hit 10, 15, 20 balls in a row um, and try to work on consistency when on the match court, that's not the thing that actually leads to winning. So we want to be thinking about what actually happens on the doubles court and then how can we uh, kind of mold our practice court around that. So uh, a few things to think about. We have lots of serves on the doubles court. We have lots of returns on the doubles court. Uh, The most common thing in singles or doubles, the most common type of rally, is going to be a serve that lands in the court and then a missed return. So we want to be practicing serves and returns a lot. Um, Obviously, in doubles, you're only returning from your particular side. So I typically play the ad court. So when I'm practicing for doubles, I'll usually... Uh, practice a lot more returns from the ad court. Uh, There are going to be typically more volleys in doubles than in singles, so we want to work on volleys a little bit more. Uh, And then you'll have a lot more cross-court points. So one thing people practice a lot for singles that isn't necessarily reflective of a singles match is they'll just hit a bunch of cross-court rallies. And that doesn't happen as much in singles, but in doubles it does, Um, especially at the club level when... A lot of net players aren't quite as confident, aren't quite as aggressive. Uh, you can get stuck on a lot of cross-court rallies that you need to get good at and you need to try to, uh, try to win that matchup. So um, a lot of cross-court points. So we want to be kind of implementing that onto the practice court. And I'll talk about how to do that here in a second. So another thing to think about when you're trying to kind of build your practice court Is that this is all going to be very specific to you and your game style and your strengths and weaknesses. So you really want to be thinking about this during a match. Um, Think about, you know, after you get off the match court, okay, where did I struggle? Um, Why did I lose that match? Which areas uh, of my game uh, did the other team expose? And how can I go out onto the practice court and work on that specific shot or that specific? pattern or that specific skill. So a good example of this uh, is actually yesterday I played a doubles match and uh, we did win. Um, It was a tight one, 7-6-6-4, I believe. Uh, But um, one area that I struggled is my partner, um, when he was serving, I wasn't able to put that third ball away as often as I would have liked. Uh, The opponents were hitting their returns with a lot of pace and I Um, Was hitting the volley back at them to keep them in the point. I wasn't uh, angling the ball off the court or putting the ball through the middle to end the point or to force an error. Uh, So that's something I'm going to go out and work on next time I'm on the doubles court. So I might, uh, if I uh, had a ball machine, I might work on some real fast paced volleys uh, and try to hit some angles. Or I might have someone uh, feed me some balls at the net. with a lot of pace and I can work on my angle volleys to try to kind of get that rhythm and get that pattern uh, ingrained a little bit more so that I'm not just hitting those fast paced balls back to the opponent and keeping them in the point. So think about that when you're on the match court. Um, If you're missing a lot of backhand volleys, if you're missing a lot of, um, if you're struggling with overheads, if you're missing a lot of uh, backhands from deep in the court, if you're leaving your lobs short, Whatever it is, you want to think about that on the match court. And then next time you're out in practice, you can go out and create a drill or create um, some kind of game around that so that you can kind of create your own practice court. Um, You don't have to do, uh, and I'm going to cover some drills in a second, but you don't have to do these drills that I give you. You can make up your own to work on those specific skills. Um, So hopefully that helps. Uh, The next thing we want to think about is our, uh, mentality on the practice court before we actually dive into specific drills. So when it comes to your mentality on the practice court, there's a few things that I want you to think about. Um, the first thing is think about a very specific skill or very specific thing that you're trying to work on each time you go out there. So it might be, um, like over the past uh, year or so, I've been working on my lobs, right? So I'm hitting more lob returns because it was something I never had. And and, and when I uh, matched up against somebody who had a good serve um, and there was a really aggressive net player and the opponent served and volleyed, it put me in a tough spot and I wasn't able to win a lot of points. So um, hitting that lob return has helped me. Um, But think about a very specific thing. It might be a serve and volley. It might be Uh, working on uh, being more active at the net. So think about that each time you go out onto the practice court. Um, Another thing uh, with regard to your mentality on the practice court is that you've got to focus less on uh, feeling comfortable and focus less on winning uh, if it's just a practice match and focus more on working on those specific things. You're going to be uncomfortable and you need to Uh, kind of push and expand your comfort zone. A lot of people, um, once they get into adult league tennis or club level tennis, their skill level will plateau because when they go out and practice, they only do things that they're comfortable with. And if you don't work on your weaknesses, you're not going to improve. So um, there's a a really good blog post I wrote a while back on this uh, called the Nadal Practice Strategy. And I'm sure I've talked about this before, but Several years back, I was watching the U.S. Open, and Darren Cahill was on, and he said the surprising thing about watching Nadal practice is how often he misses. And I thought about that, and um, he talked a little bit more about it. And the reason he misses so much is he's working on things that he can't do yet, but he wants to do in the future. So um, an example might be uh, hitting a bigger angle with your backhand or um going for a little bit more on your serve or uh, working on your low backhand volley um, drop shot or something like that. It's, it's maybe a shot you don't have yet, but to, to get to where you do have that shot, you have to miss it a bunch. And then eventually you'll start getting, making adjustments, getting comfortable with it, and then you'll start making it. So you have to really push your comfort zone. Um, You should expect to miss a lot in practice And that's okay if you're working on the right things. Um, Now that said, you do have to have your technique right on a lot of these shots. So you shouldn't, you know, if you have uh, the wrong grip on your serve or something like that, um, then you're going to be limited by what you can do. But if your technique is good, um, then go out there and continue to kind of go for a little bit more and expand your comfort zone um, and pick the right things to work on each time you step out there. Uh, the, um one of the previous episodes I had Eric Buterak on, who uh, reached top 20 in the world in doubles when he was playing, uh, he talks a lot about mentality and practice. He actually played Division three college tennis, and he's one of the few people to go from D3 all the way uh, to the highest level of the sport, um, and he talks a lot about his process for improvement, so I'll link to that in the show notes as well. Uh, you can go back and listen to that um, and really absorb that episode and absorb a lot of the advice that he gives. Um, and I think by doing that, it'll give you the right kind of mentality to continue to improve your game uh, on the practice and on the match court. So next, I want to get into doubles drills. Um, and I don't want to get in the habit of prescribing the same drills for everyone, Uh you know, and that kind of goes with strategy as well. Um, I'm not going to give you, you know, five doubles drills here, and these are the only doubles drills you need, and you have to play them by these rules. Uh, I I don't like to to coach that way. Uh, Really, I want to help you um, decide which drills and kind of create your own drills that will most help you based on what uh strengths and weaknesses that you have. Um and I'll give you some ideas on different places to start. So what we're going to start with is drills for two people, uh, and then I'll get into some games and then we'll go with uh drills if you do have four people on the court uh towards the end. So if you only have two people um and that's usually what I have when I am on the practice court um to start out uh before I even start practicing, I do like to warm up. Um I'll start with some mini tennis or short court, uh whatever you want to call it. I know a lot of people don't like that. It doesn't really matter. Um the the important thing is that you just kind of get your body warm. Um when I'm uh at my best, I guess, or being disciplined, uh I'll usually bring some resistance bands with me onto the court and I'll I'll use those to kind of warm up my muscles uh, and get things going. Um I'll link to those uh the ones that I use in the show notes as well if you wanna check them out um but yeah, it's really important to to get warm before you start you know hitting uh full court um especially as uh as we all get kind of older and we're not on the court every day necessarily so um once uh once I'm warm like I said, I'll start with short court or mini tennis then I'll hit some uh just down the middle of the court just to get into kind of a groove from the baseline. Then I'll work on some volleys. Uh, My partner will work on some volleys um, and the other person's at the baseline. Uh, And then after that, we'll really start to get into a little bit more intense practice. Um, We do hit a lot of uh, cross-court rallies, um, and that will include uh, both of us at the baseline as well as uh, one of us at the net. Um, Because like I said earlier, a lot of doubles points, especially at that club level, uh, are going to be about winning that cross-court battle. And the more comfortable you can get uh, and the more in practice you can kind of push yourself to uh, be more aggressive, hit a little bit harder, um, hit with a little bit more spin, with a little bit more depth, hit a little better angles, things like that, and keep pushing your your boundaries as far as what you're capable of in those cross-court rallies, uh, then the better you're going to be. Um, the more you'll be able to set up your partner at the net, the more you'll be able to draw errors, things like that. So uh, we will um spend some time uh hitting cross court in the deuce court, then hitting cross court uh, in the ad court. And when I'm going through this, uh I'm really focusing on specific things. So uh with my forehand, I'm really focusing on trying to uh hit with a little bit more depth. Uh with my backhand, I'm looking for more consistency. I'm trying to hit with a little bit more of an angle uh, because I know it's not going to go with as much pace um, so that that opposing net player can't pick it off. Uh, Sometimes I'll work on my backhand slice. Um, Sometimes I'll work on hitting with a little bit more spin. Uh, It really depends, but um, really focus on specific things when you're doing these cross-courts. And then... um, After that, a lot of the times I'll get into some drills. Uh, I probably don't do this enough. Um, I usually do a lot of point play, but um, I'll go over a couple of drills that I like to do and that you can take and kind of create variations with. Um, So with two people, uh, one up, one back is a drill that I uh, do a lot. Um, My college tennis coach, who was a, a pro doubles player, actually, he reached Um, the quarters of Wimbledon and top 50 in the world. He taught us uh, this drill, which I know a lot of coaches do, so it's not um, something super unique, I don't think. But uh, we will do a one-up-one-back drill, and I'll link to a video of uh, me doing that in the show notes. Um, But the rules that I play with is the person at the net feeds. uh, There's another person at the baseline, Um, You're using half of the court, and you're playing down the line against each other. Uh, After you feed, the person at the baseline hits their first ground stroke. It has to go in the singles court, uh, so they can't just hit a winner off the feed uh, down the doubles alley. Uh, And they can also not lob off the feed. Uh, But the person at the net who's feeding cannot crash the net right off the feed. They need to be hitting that first volley within a few feet of the service line. So maybe you can take one step in, but that's about it. So that way you don't um, crash the net and kind of easily in the point too soon. Um, and it helps you work on some of those lower volleys. Um, sometimes if they're able to dip it really low, you're, you're having to pick up a ball off the bounce, uh, which is good to work on as well. Um, but after that first ground stroke is hit, uh, and again, no lobs, no doubles alley on that first ground stroke, Uh, the point is live, and you're using the entire half of the court down the line. So you can hit that first volley into the doubles alley. You can hit a drop shot. Um, Totally up to you. And the person at the baseline can lob from that point. They can go to the doubles alley. They can take over the net. Um, I've played a variation where if the person at the baseline uh, takes over the net and hits a winner from the net, then they get two points. Um, So that's a little extra motivation for them to get forward. Uh, So you can um, create different variations uh, based on your skill level and what you're um, needing to work on. Uh, A lot of people will play this cross court as well. Uh, It's a little bit more difficult. And the reason for that is the, um, the player at the baseline has a pretty big advantage going cross court because without... Um, let's say I'm playing it with you in the deuce court uh, without the player in the ad court, the person at the baseline can go through the ad court to access the very back of the deuce court um, so you know they could hit a forehand through the ad court that lands uh, just to the left of that um the serve mark on the baseline so it's technically still in the deuce court but that really would have been uh, your partner's ball. So what you can do is you can buy some lines that you lay out onto the court. Uh, I'll link to these in the show notes as well. Um, they're not very expensive and you just lay them out on the court and you can lay it from the the T on the service line uh, at an angle back kind of towards the, um, the, the middle of the deuce court on the baseline. Um, so that way they can't, Go through the ad court to, to hit a winner there and it's it's a little bit more realistic there um, so yeah you can play that game uh down the line or cross court um and just make a smaller area with those lines uh, so that they um they can't hit that cross court winner too easily uh, another drill that is really good for your net game um that joel drucker taught me about and i think i'd heard of this or maybe we did it in college some but um I had Joel Drucker on the podcast, and he talked about the Bryan Brothers RDC drill. Uh, I think that stood for the Romanian Davis Cup drill, and I'm not sure why it stands for that. But uh, how they start, um, and I'll link to a video in the show notes of the Bryan Brothers doing this. Uh, but how they start is both players start on the tee on the service line. They'll feed the ball uh and, and start volleying back and forth, and they'll both move to their right towards the, uh, towards the deuce court um, until they get to where the service line meets the singles line in the deuce court, and they're volleying all the way across the two service boxes, and then they'll start to move to their left. And the goal of this drill is uh, just consistency on your volleys. You're not trying to necessarily win this drill, um, but you're trying to uh, go all the way to the deuce court, all the way to the ad court, and then get back to the middle. Um, And again, with this drill, uh, create variations for yourself. I mean, this is one that uh, I struggle with a lot, being able to go all the way back and forth. Um, So if you need to play a little bit closer to the net, do that. If you need to um, only use half of the court and just work back and forth between the center service line and the singles line, then do that. Um, Really work on progressions here. So... Uh, If you're a 3-0 player and you you struggle with your volleys and you're kind of just getting started with your volleys, you might not even move with this drill. You might just want to hit uh, touch volleys back and forth from real close to the net with your partner and try to get 10 in a row and then try to get 15 in a row and then try to get 20 in a row and then go back to 10 and start moving back and forth and do it with only backhand volleys, do it with only forehand volleys, things like that. So figure out what specifically you need to work on and then create a drill around that. Um, And again, these are some of uh, my favorite drills that are kind of jumping off points for you. And hopefully you can take these and kind of vary them uh, to your own game. So the other thing you can do with two players is instead of uh, doing some of these drills, you can actually play points or tiebreakers uh, or even sets. And the way to do this for doubles is to play them out cross court. And I do this a lot. I probably do this uh, too much and I should probably do do some more drills. But um, if you play out these points cross court, uh, you can really work on specific things. So if you struggle to serve and volley, you can force yourself to do that. If you struggle um, to uh, hit returns from your side of the court, you'll be able to get a lot of return plays in. Uh, what I'll do is um, I will play uh, out a tiebreaker to 10 and I'll serve all of the points. And then uh, the, my partner will serve all of the points on a tiebreaker to 10 uh, to a particular court. So that way you really get to focus and work on your side of the court um, that you need to work on. Um, so playing points out across uh, court is a great, um, a great way to improve your game. Uh, again, if you need to use those lines to kind of take away that area around the uh, center serve mark, you can do that um, to make it a little bit more realistic. But again, just adjust this uh, based on, um, you know, think about what you need to work on and then a- adjust the drill uh, accordingly. So next is drills with four people. So uh, in the episode with Gigi Fernandez, uh, which I'll link to in the show notes, um, it was a really good strategy episode, and she talked about uh, different scenarios that we get into in doubles. So the most common is when both teams have a player at the net and both teams have a player back and they're cross court from each other. Uh, you can also get into scenario where there's two up and two back. You can also get into a scenario where there's uh, three people at the net and one person back. And you can do drills with all of these. Uh, what I'd recommend is um, having the net player feed to the baseline player. Uh, and then put some rules around what the person can do on the feed. No lobs, no uh, doubles alley like we did in the one up one back drill. Things like that just to get the point started. Um, and then you can just play the point out. Uh, and you might be thinking, you know, well then I might as well play a match. Well, the difference here is you'll be able to get a lot more point play than you would uh, in an actual match, playing an actual match, because a lot of points, like I said earlier, are going to be a serve and a missed return, uh, and sometimes even a double fault, or maybe the return is a winner or something like that. So to get more point play, uh, you can start with a lot of these feeding drill scenarios. Um, So the most common one, again, is going to be both players have one person at the net cross-court from each other. Both players have one person back cross-court from each other. Uh, grab a hopper of balls, uh, put them over by the net post, by the net player, and that net player can feed to the baseline player. The first ball has to go cross-court. Um, you can say it has to go in the singles line uh, if you want to, um, and then you just play the point out. Uh, and you'll be able to get you know 10 or 15 or 20 points Uh, done in about five minutes whereas in in a real match you might only get you know six or eight points done uh, during that time so um, you'll be able to get a lot more point play there Uh, two up two back is a great one uh, to work on uh, defense um, for the two back and then offense for the two up again you can use the same rules as I talked about earlier in the one up one back drill Uh, the feeding team has to hit that first volley uh, close to the service line the baseline team cannot hit a winner in the doubles alley off the feed. Uh, I've played with variations where um, if the baseline team hits a winner down the middle, then it counts for two points. Uh, if they take over the net and hit a winner, it counts for two points, things like that. Um, so adjust it accordingly uh, based on, again, based on your skill level and what you need to work on. Um, another fun one is uh, if you have three players at the net. Uh, you can have the team with two at the net feed to the player at the baseline, uh, and that's a really good uh, defensive kind of scenario to work on. Um, when you have only one player at the net and the other team has two players at the net, that's a difficult position to be in. So um, it might be the case, uh, and I think this is something that Gigi Fernandez uh, recommended Um it might be the case that that baseline player needs to hit the first ball and the net player might need to back up and buy themselves more time and go to back. Um, but you can work on as the baseline player, you can work on trying to keep that ball low at the opponent's feet. You can work on hitting it to the backhand volley, uh, things like that to transition your team from a defensive to an offensive position. Um, you might even work on transitioning to the net uh, in that scenario as well. So. Um, Putting yourself in these kind of middle of the point scenarios, feeding the ball and playing the point out is a great way to uh, work on um, your doubles game with four people Uh, and you can play to 11 or 15 or or whatever it might be. Um, Another thing that a lot of people have emailed me about recently is uh, I had an episode a month or two ago on how to win more 10 point tiebreakers. Uh, And a lot of people have given me some good feedback on that and said that they've struggled with kind of playing under pressure and the mental side of the game um, recently. So you can create scenarios like that in practice. Uh, Playing no ad obviously creates a lot of pressure points, but you can also put stakes on it. Um, You can say, you know, let's all go to lunch after and the losing team uh, has to buy lunch or um, has to buy a beer or something like that. Uh, and you can also put, uh, give a team two points for doing, uh, something positive, something that they need to work on. So, um, let's say we're out on the doubles court and we're going to play a match and I'm working on my serve and volley. I might say, Hey guys, I'm working on my serve and volley. I'm not very good at it. So let's do a rule where every time I win the point on my serve and volley, I get two points. Uh, and you can create one of those things for each person on the court so that everybody uh, kind of has the thing that they're working on. Um, if your team uh, is struggling to uh, take advantage of uh, the serve, maybe you get a bonus point if you end the points in only three shots uh, or if the net player poaches and ends the point immediately uh, after the return, something like that. Uh, the return team could get a bonus point for extending the rally and neutralizing the serve. Um, so think about ways to reward uh, essentially good behavior or good tactics uh, and then ways to um, to take away that reward for uh, bad behavior or bad bad strategy uh, as well um, one last way to do that is a lot of people have said they've struggled under pressure and double faults a lot uh, you could say every time I double fault uh, I lose two points uh, during a match so um that is another way to really add some pressure to you um, and practice playing uh, with that pressure. Uh, and then the last thing I wanted to touch on is if you have a ball machine, um, a lot of ball machines you can set up different drills. So things you can work on uh, with a ball machine, um, one would obviously be uh, volleys. You can work on half volleys. You can work on some of those cross-court shots that you need for doubles. Um, but what I'd really recommend is work on different patterns. So if you can program your ball machine to, uh, let's say, feed you a short ball, for example, um, you come forward, you're hitting a short forehand uh, from just behind the service line, and then feed a little bit faster pace ball uh, as you transition forward to work on that first volley. Um, Think about, again, things that are happening on the practice court, uh, or I'm sorry, on the match court, where you're missing the ball, you're losing a point because something keeps happening, and then program the ball machine to do that thing so that you can practice it over and over and over until you're really comfortable with it and you'll continue uh, to improve. So hopefully this helped you think a little bit more about how you can kind of change the way you practice to improve your own doubles game. Uh, if you do have any other drills or any Uh, doubles games that you like a lot, that you feel like help you a lot. Uh, I'd love to hear them. Uh, You can reach out by uh, replying to the newsletter. Um, If you're not signed up for that yet, you can go to thetennistribe.com and sign up. Uh, Or you can fill out the contact form on the website. um, Or leave just a comment in the show notes. Um, You can go to thetennistribe.com slash podcast and find this episode and leave a comment below there. Um, But yeah, I'd love to hear any uh, drills or any games or anything like that. Uh, that have helped your doubles game a lot. Um, And uh, as always, uh, thank you for listening, and I will talk to you in the next episode. If you're a doubles player, you'll love our weekly doubles newsletter. Every Thursday, we send you doubles tips and strategies to help you improve your game and become a smarter player. When you sign up, you'll get a free 10-page guide on how to play with more confidence and dominate at the net in doubles you can go to thetennistribe.com to sign up now.